0: Thank you. Ready for Love Radio, this is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. Now, I did a little teaser last week that we were going to have one of those put the kids to bed kind of shows this week. So make sure that the kids are out of the room and that you're all ready for one of those kind of juicy topics tonight. Because I've got, I've got my buddy and my pal Sarah Martin with me this evening. Sarah, the Dignified Hedonist. I just just love that. How are you doing, Sarah?
1: I am just delightful today, Nikki, I must say. (laughs) I'm so excited to be back here talking to you. It's been a while, and I've kind of missed it.
0: I know. well, Well, you were actually not that far from me geographically but you were you were tied up with stuff so so you know we we had to give you a break and let you take care of of some some stuff and but you're back now you're you're back home and, and so i had to I had to have you back we We were talking last time you were here, and we were just kind of discussing things and a fun idea for a show popped up when when you were talking about things and i was I was picking on you about a comment you made and got a brainstorm for a show idea.
1: Mm -hmm. And so
0: that's what we're going to talk about today. Let me remind the listeners a little bit about you, and then we're going to dive right into this topic, because I think this is going to be fun. So Mm -hmm. Sarah is a dating coach for people that want sex to be a priority in their relationships, from one-night stands through to lifelong marriages. She's the creator of the Dignified Hedonist Framework, a proven system for supercharging your dating and relationship success. She's worked with hundreds of clients all over the world through workshops, courses, and results-focused one-on-one coaching. She operates her private practice out of Lithuania, where she serves clients online worldwide. I think it's so awesome we can do that. And that I can be right here on the east coast of, of the U.S., and you can be on Lithuania, and it sounds like we're sitting in the same room talking. I just think that is so fascinating. <laughs> so <laughs> it's extraordinary. And, and, you know, I used to co-host a radio show with this really cool person in South Africa named George. And you know what? It sounded like we were in the same room. You know, one of the cool things about the show, and it kind of came up last week, is that since since I studied with Dr. Ava, and I studied all kinds of fascinating topics, studied over 30 different topics, all related to dating, love, intimacy, and sex, and they were fascinating, fascinating topics. And I'll, I'll put the link to that in, in the show page just so people can kind of take a look. Because I mean, just, I hadn't even heard of some of these topics before. I'm looking at that going, what in the world is that? You know? <laughs> so it was, it was quite an education. Um, and the, the thing is, even if it's something that I wasn't personally interested in, it helped to expand expand my worldview, expand my ability to, to relate to other people, you know, even if, if it's something that I don't want to do or try, it helps me to understand others.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and a big thing about being a love coach, and I love this part, because the last class that I took was called Coaching the Love Coach. And it helped us to understand how to be a coach, how to be a love coach. And when you're coaching somebody about their personal relationships, I mean, because I've been a business coach, I've been a life coach, I mean, I've been a writing coach, but when you're coaching them about their love life and their relationships, their most personal relationships, that's about... As personal and intimate as it gets. You know, and one of the big, big takeaways, and what I took the most personal and take the most serious, is to never judge the person. No matter Mm -hmm. what they come to you with and what they need from you, you never, ever judge the person. Because they don't need your judgment, they don't need that, they need your help, and your assistance. What do you think as as a person who does this too?
1: Well, yeah, I think if you're going to be working with people around this very intimate and powerful part of being human, it's so incredibly important to be able to hold a container, right, to hold space where people can show up and feel able to express and to ask questions and to step into who they authentically are and in those moments of vulnerability if a practitioner were to to react with shock or disgust or or something else that can do a tremendous amount of damage so i'm right there with you about holding nonjudgmental space and you know and it can be challenging right like that's part of why yeah. we are trained in, in how to do that and why we do sensitivity trainings and so forth. Well, and,
0: and even, even if it's not something that we personally would do, we mm-hmm. have to be so careful about how we handle it. You know, yeah. it's never, well, I can't do that, or I've found that, that I can't find love that way is, is still a way of judging that person you know that's why i i now now if it's personally damaging to the person that's different that's that's another there's a very careful way to handle that but you know it's 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 just so critical how we do this you know in order to help the person and i think it's so important that we we handle our baggage and our issues before we get into this kind of field, you know. And I, I know I did so much work on myself during during the, the coaching training and I benefited oh i benefited in so many ways during mm-hmm. during my coaching training, you know. I, I didn't anticipate that happening. Um and I think a lot of it happened without my knowledge and, and I graduated and I felt like a new person. I was like this is this I, I don't know what happened, but wow. <laughs> so, so, I'm like, you know, she said this. what happened, but dang on, she was right. <laughs> you know, so. Well, yeah, She,
1: from the sounds of things, she took you through a whole process, and that's
0: extremely important well, because that's, you know, yeah, right? Well, well, and that's why I have to share it. That's why I have to share it. I'm like, okay, if if unconsciously this happened to me, and i actually put effort into taking what i've learned with the mentality to educate other people and help them wow what can i accomplish with all this you know so you know and and a lot so many times on the show i dive into topics that aren't well known to other people or I take on an angle that's not as well-known to other people mm-hmm. for the very purpose of educating them about things that aren't common knowledge. You know, so even if if people see a promo from me and they see a heading that looks familiar, I'm probably going to dive into it in a different way because I want to give them new information that isn't the same old, same old, just like I mean, I, I never do a Valentine's Day show that's the same old thing mm-hmm. because I want to find a new way to approach it because I want it to be something different. I want to open people's minds and say, hey, have you looked at it this way? But anyway, I just, I just kind of, in the, in the last week, I've been thinking about this kind of thing, and I'm like, you know, I want, I want the listeners to kind of understand what's going on in my head when I put the shows together and why I do what I do. Does that Mm. make any sense at all? It makes a ton of sense. Oh, great. Okay. (laughs) I think 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 you might be alluding
1: to the fact that we're going to be talking about something slightly controversial. That felt like a Mm. warm-up to diving into maybe a slightly edgier topic,
0: right? Well and and something that people probably think they know, but I think we're gonna go into it in a deeper way that they may not have thought about. How about that? I like that. Like like the fact that you actually can have connections with this and people may not have thought about it like that. How about that?
1: Well yeah. I mean, shall I are we are we getting started?
0: Well, we could. What are we going to talk about? Now, now that we've teased them.
1: <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm ready to pop, Nikki. I'm not sure I can keep a lid on it much longer.
0: You know, sir, we're bad. We really are teases sometimes.
1: <laughs> okay, I think we're going to be talking about I, casual sex and hookups today.
0: We are... See, I needed to get that out all week, and and I've now done that. So now we can talk about it. Okay. Casual sex and hookups. We we did tease this because, see, the last time we did a show, you made this comment, and I said, oh, my goodness, I have to comment on this. You said that when women are going to go out, they should prepare for sex when they go on a date and take vibrators with them. Mm -hmm. And I said hold on, women should prepare for sex. And I was joking, but I had to pick on you about that comment. So mm. that's why this, this show idea came up. Mm. <laughs> so casual sex and hookups, are we really going to talk about that? Mm-hmm. We <laughs>
1: yeah. absolutely are going to talk about that, Nikki. and And, you know, your whole... What you said earlier about looking at things from a, a fresh perspective, even when you think you know everything. In particular, right. I want to spend some time talking today about how casual sex and hookups can be connected and compassionate and joyful and full of pleasure, which is not the the reputation that casual sex has on
0: the street, right? Exactly. Well, see, that's that's why I said just because people see something on my promos that looks familiar, I'm probably gonna bring a different slant to it that they haven't heard before. It's exactly why I just said that. See, you you get me, Sarah.
1: I follow <laughs> Nikki. Thing. I totally do.
0: You should be scared. <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay. So let's let's start out by defining what we're talking about by casual sex in hookups, just to make sure we're all on the same page here. So
1: casual sex and hookups, as I, as I define it, there are a number of different relationship types that fit under this umbrella of casual. That can include hookups. That could also include one-night stands or friends with benefits or sex friends. What unites all of them is that there's an understanding that we're not looking for an ongoing commitment with each other. And that can vary from a one-night stand where the understanding is we'll meet once and then we will not meet each other again in the future, ever, through to a friend with benefits where the emphasis could be a bit more on the friends, where this is a friendship that also includes sex as part of it. And some people have friends with benefits that emphasizes the quote-unquote benefits where you're friendly with each other, but mainly when you're meeting up to interact, you're having sex. That's where I begin with my understanding
0: of casual sex. How does that match up with yours? That sounds right. That sounds right. Well, otherwise you'd be casual friends that occasionally fall into bed. So...
1: And that's okay. There are okay, people that are, are friends that occasionally fall into bed and that can be great as long as everybody wants to be participating.
0: Right. Well, and and as long as you all understand the ground rules and your intentions are all the same.
1: Yes. And oh, we're going to get into this so much, but I want to grab that and and hang on to it because that's That's kind of one of the most important things here is is about what it is that you want and making sure that that's clear. We're starting with a definition here up front because people have different understandings about what casual sex means or what friends with benefits means or what a one night stand means. And so it's always useful to make sure you understand what you mean when you say those things.
0: Exactly. Well, and make sure what the other person means.
1: Exactly. There needs to be a conversation, but I think we're going to get there. Um, I'm, I'm I'm chomping at the bit to start talking about that, and I'm thinking, no, we need to warm up first. We need a bit more foreplay before
0: we go in deep like that. Oh, see, I'd love (laughs) need more foreplay before we go in deep. See, this is why I like you. Oh, this is so funny. Okay. So that's why I want to start with definitions. I I like to define what I'm going to talk about before I dive into it to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Okay. So maybe or maybe not, or, or maybe I shouldn't ask this, but I'm going to anyway. So are casual sex and hookups for everybody? They're only for people that want them. So Okay.
1: Everybody is allowed to want them. Everybody can want something. In the realm of casual sex, there's there's nobody who's excluded because of their age or their gender or their national identity. You know, like there's nothing to preclude you from participating. That said, you know, do you need casual sex or hookups to have a fulfilled sex life? Absolutely not. So that's, yeah, that's what I would say about that. They can be for
0: everybody. They're for people that want them. Ooh, I like that, definition. Okay, I like that. Now, we've kind of answered this already. As far as what kinds of... I'm kind of afraid to say what kind of relationship counts as casual sex because, I I mean, when you look at Facebook... People tend to like go on one date and change their quote unquote relationship status on Facebook, which that just irks me to no end. What sort of situation? How about that? Let's let's say that counts as casual sex. How, how do you differentiate the different sorts of one from the other?
1: I gotcha. Okay, and the reason I use the word relationship is because there is something relational that's happening, even in these situationship or, or very <laughs> casual encounters, you are still interrelating, and I think that's important. That's a, a big part of how you come to an encounter where you're wanting there to be connection, even though you know it's going to be limited in some
0: respects. Mm -hmm. I like encounter. I think think my issue, I love the word encounter. I think my issue with people considering it a quote-unquote relationship is when you say relationship, they're thinking commitment, Mm -hmm. and a lot of times it shouldn't be.
1: Well, yeah, and I mean, I guess that's kind of part of how I turn some of the I don't know, the narrative about casual sex on its head is to acknowledge that it is a relational thing. It's not a change your Facebook relationship status kind of thing. And if you were to do something like that, that would kind of be stepping outside of the bounds of what would be considered casual in the first place. Generally... Ooh, good point. Yeah. I mean, generally casual being that there's, there's no commitment to be seeing each other again, necessarily. There's generally no exclusivity. And there can be varying degrees of desire to provide or receive emotional support, right? It it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be devoid of emotion. You can certainly share about your life with a friend with benefits, for example. But these things tend to be, if they're going to work well, if you're going to have a great time, you discuss all of this. But so at this point, what kind of encounters or relational experiences count as casual sex? I mentioned some of these earlier, and it's worth pointing out. So one night stand is, as it says on the tin, that's where you meet up for one night or one afternoon or one morning. Time of day isn't that important. And you meet up, you have sex, and then you don't meet up again in the future. Hookups fall somewhere that hookups can be. One night stands, they can happen once. Or you might hook up with somebody a couple of times. It's generally understood to be very short term. Then you've got uh, friends with benefits. And as I mentioned earlier, there's a spectrum there of whether you're emphasizing the friendship and sex is just another activity that you do together as friends or where the emphasis is more on the benefits, but you're friendly with each other. And you might have some common interests, for example, that you share and, and have, have some other type of connection beyond simply the, the sexual or spending time together isn't necessarily just focused on sex. It's worth pointing out, too, that the uh, continental Europeans, my Belgian friends, are the ones that taught me this terminology. Uh, they talk about sex friends, and they put sex up front because it really is a friendship that's centered almost entirely around sex. And I offer these as as an example that there is no one single way to do casual. There are several different options, and so some people really might not enjoy one-night stands, but that same person might really enjoy having a friend with benefits. So I encourage folks, if you're even a little bit curious, even if part of your reaction is a push away, like, oh, I don't think casual sex is for me, to consider, well, have I thought about all the different ways this could look? And these are just four examples that I've given you, Nikki. There are other forms of casual relating out there. I wanted to pick some of the most common types to start with.
0: Right. You know, I have um, terminologies for like non-monogamy and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. on my website. If you would want to put together a list of terms, I'd be happy to add it to my site. Oh, cool. That sounds, that's a great idea. I'd be happy to do that, Uh Thank you. Okay. I just, you know, just like that way I've got it for references and it's it's on my site. So just, just a thought. Um, And I, I refer back to that anytime I do a show that's related to it so that I can share that with people. I, I think there's one real obvious answer to this, but I will, I will put this out there because you probably have some other ideas. Um, why do you think that casual sex has such a bad reputation?
1: I think there are a lot of reasons that casual sex has <laughs> such a bad reputation. In terms of, you know, is any one of them the, like the big head hauncher reason. I think it's all interrelated factors. It's you know, maybe most generally the amount of sexual shame that exists in society, I think, affects yep. casual relating as much as it does anything to do with human sexuality. I also think a lot of it has to do with how do I want to put this? Because there are two competing <laughs> thoughts in my head, and it has to do with college students. I think for some folks, there has been uh, a lot of press around things happening on college campuses, and that's often in that context that people are hearing about hookups, or quote-unquote hookup culture. And the competing thought at the same time, which also has to do with college students, is a lot of research that's done in our field about hookup culture is almost exclusively done with... University students being the research subjects, i.e. the people that get surveyed for that research. And casual sex on college campuses often has a very different culture around it than casual sex between older adults, more uh, like uh, post-secondary education adults. Another big reason is we have a decent amount of data that would indicate when we're talking about heterosexuals, so men and women hookups, the orgasm gap comes into play. Uh, a lot of sure. women are not having a pleasurable time during their hookups. And I'm here to help correct that, to help change <laughs> that, because that's just not fair, you
0: know?
1: True. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: these these are. It is is possible to change that, ladies, and both of us can help you with that. Yes, yes, and yes.
1: Other reasons casual sex gets a bad rep, some of it is going to have to do with religious viewpoints around sexuality and around monogamy and how this kind of gets into the mainstream where. Monogamy is oftentimes valorized, and where, even if you weren't directly involved in purity culture growing up, there can be this you know mood that relationships should lead somewhere to be to be good, to be moral, to be worthwhile. And so casual sex is in direct opposition to that, especially if you're saying, I know this relationship isn't going to quote-unquote lead anywhere, as if, as if a relationship has to lead somewhere to be valid. And, right. and I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it because I want to.
0: You know? That's, um, that's powerful. There she goes again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just side note, a little, little side note here. I think that religion also has an impact on the orgasm gap.
1: Just saying. Yeah, I would tend to, I would tend to agree with you there. I'm curious what you thought was the obvious answer to this question, Nikki.
0: Oh, I, th- I think the, the um, uh, shame and guilt that's heaped upon us from a variety of sources, just another <laughs> way to um, do the whole shame thing. Like I said, it's another convenient way to shame women in particular, but you know. I mean, how often do you hear somebody say the walk of shame pertaining right. to a man?
1: It's. A, I think that's a generational thing. I'm just going to point that out because I well. have observed <laughs> with some of the, uh, the younger folks that
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that terminology, so they still call it the walk of shame, but it's not as gendered as it used to be. Certainly not when I really? was uh, in college myself. Yeah, I've heard men saying to other men, like, he's done the walk of shame. And i that's so interesting to me. I'm so curious about what this Generation Z is going to be like as they continue to move through life. I'm really excited, actually, about the, about the younger folks. Like,
0: Equality but, uh, in the world's Woo! What are some challenges? I'm going to ask you the other side of the coin here, but what are some challenges faced by women when it comes to casual sex and hookups?
1: Yes, so I think what we've been talking about one of them a few times already is you may think to yourself, okay, I'd quite like to have some casual sex. I like the idea in theory, but in practice, I rarely orgasm with a new partner. What do I do about that? Why would I do casual sex if there's no pleasure in it for me? I think one of the biggest challenges for women that I know or have worked with as they get started with casual sex is related to pleasure. And that's less the case when I think about um, lesbian women or women who are wanting to have casual relationships with women. Um, It it comes up more in these heterosexual pairings, right? We were talking about the orgasm Mm -hmm. gap. We know statistically that that exists. And so, what do you do about it? And this go on a date with your vibrator is is kind of like <laughs> my top tip, and I will tell anybody who has ears that that's a great thing to do because that way you're putting the the literal power in your hands to help an <laughs> orgasm happen, to help make sure that you experience more pleasure when you're and, and it's you know if you're in a new relationship and you're getting ready to have sex for the first time, you can bring one then too, but it's absolutely like should be one of the things in the handbag when you're headed off to a hookup.
0: See that, that comment is what started this whole thing. I know. (laughs) Well, and a really novel idea is have a conversation and say, what do you enjoy? This is what I like to the person.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, this, right, because communication is everything, and it's even mm-hmm. more everything in casual sex and hookups. You, and, and this actually, this is perfect, because this leads to another challenge that I think can be faced by anybody, but often faced particularly by women, is Being quite forward and quite direct when it comes to your desires is the thing that makes casual sex better, right? That makes casual sex fun and deeply pleasurable. And I actually think there's a pretty strong argument if you're a woman and you're wanting to hook up, you will do yourself a massive favor if you are also the one approaching men. Very often... Women, we stand back, we're taught to stand back and wait to be approached, right? And the problem with that is that the only people who will be making approaches are the type of people who make approaches, right? It will limit you, whereas when you choose who you're going to approach, you you have a bit more control and a bit more discernment also because for the kind of guys that do not make for good hookup partners – if you approach them and they're somehow offended by it or they think, oh, that's not very feminine of you, don't hook up with that person. Like, they're, they're showing you who they are, and that's very helpful because then you don't waste any more time.
0: Well, it's a great way to screen out the losers. So yep. <laughs> if, if they're that intimidated, they're not going to be fun. So. Well, I don't
1: well, think so. <laughs> right, but it's, this is actually such a great litmus test and such a great hookup skill for women in particular if you're wanting to hook up with men is be the one who asks. Be the one who makes the ask. Be the one who says, you know, would you be interested in a hookup? Because it challenges gender roles and the gender paradigm that we're all steeped in. Like you are stepping outside of that when you as a woman approach a man for a hookup and it can be a really great way to elicit if this potential partner has some wonky views about women because uh, the the challenge that I'm sidestepping but everybody's thinking why isn't she saying it relates to safety and part of why I'm not immediately diving into that is because I actually think that's really important for men and women and non-binary people to think about. Like, safety impacts everybody when it comes to casual encounters. And at the same time, I understand the very real safety concerns that often arise in the context of heterosexual relationships in general. Um, So I'll call that out here. And that's part of where taking the initiative helps because it helps to weed out people that are put off by that. Right. And it's just so like, because, right, people say to me, they say, you know, oh, but, like, oh, men will just love it. Like, like, there's no, you know, Sarah, what are you talking about? Like, any guy would be so thrilled to have a woman ask to have sex with them. I'm like, yo, you would be surprised. And you would be surprised how, like, oddly offended some guys get. When this happens, because it just, it just doesn't match with their worldview. Like, real talk from well, my lived experience of, of, of going out and doing this quite a lot. Well, the,
0: the guy's reaction will tell you a lot. His mm-hmm. facial expression and body language and, and all of his reaction will tell you a lot. So, oh, yeah, it's, it's like I said, a great way to screen the guy. Yep. So I, I all completely agree with you. And, yeah, I, I've done that, too, and it's amazing what you can learn.
1: And I think we're going to talk specifically about safety uh, a little bit later and because I've got some great tips there, too, about how to have a safe or a safer um, because nothing is ever 100% without risk, but how to have a safer and wonderful time when you're out having casual yep. sex.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a concern that I wanted us to discuss. What are some challenges for men?
1: So challenges for men. So I think one of the biggest challenges for men who are looking to hook up, and again, I'm primarily talking about heterosexual men at the moment because gay hookup culture is a bit different from heterosexual hookup culture. And so with that focus in mind, acknowledging that, I think the first big challenge a lot of men have is believing that this is even possible in the first place, right? Because they (laughs) grow up just as we all do in this world where everybody wants to tell you that women aren't sexual, right? That women don't actually like sex. So one of the first things is, you know, you have to really embrace the belief that there are very many women out there who really enjoy sex, and there are very many women out there who are open to casual sex. And, and again, like this seems like maybe very like unusual place to start or isn't that a bit simple or basic. This is one of the, the big things that I spend time working with my clients who are men who want to have casual sex on is really changing the mindset and becoming open to the idea that okay, this is possible. This is a thing that I can do. Rather than it being some, like, big impossible thing. Oh, and also that you don't have to be creepy or an asshole to uh, have casual sex. Like, actually, if you're creepy or you're an asshole, that's going to make it, like, really hard, and I'm not going to help you (laughs) in that case. Um, And the, the other thing, too that I would say is a challenge for, for men is you know, having to accept that it's going to mean taking a very different approach than you may have done in the past to dating. It means a lot of directness and communication, and it also means the vulnerability of making a lot of space for potential partners to say no. That is one of the key skills that men need to to learn and become comfortable with if they're going to be having a great time with casual sex and hookups. Um, great point. It, and that's important for everybody, but I think it's in particular important for men because of the way men are socialized, that they should be the quote-unquote aggressors, that they should move things forward, that they should escalate. And I'm here to tell you guys, like, if you actually want this to be fun and pleasurable for both of you, if you actually want this to be an ethical encounter, then you got to step back from that and say, like, I'm not the leader here. Like, We're collaborating on this together. We're figuring out how to conspire together in the interest of our mutual pleasure. It's a totally different energy.
0: Yes, it is. Well, and and when you do find somebody willing, it's going to be it will have been worth the work. But you you got to you got to go at it right. Okay. Now, your favorite question of the night. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Are you sure? Yep. Okay. What can be done to make hookups connected, passionate? And pleasurable.
1: Open communication.
0: Mm. Oh, Oh, yes.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's my very simple two-word answer. Simple, not necessarily easy, because, again, we've all been socialized in one way or another to be kind of indirect about sex. When it comes to hookups, indirectness is not going to cut it, not if you want it to be connected and compassionate and pleasurable and the thing is right this requires courage that's what makes it hard the first couple of times you have to constantly be flexing that bravery muscle because for things to be connected and compassionate and pleasurable you got to be just so totally willing to be rejected and to not take it personally. So what that can look like is you know, when you're actually going into the encounter with somebody, it can be asking, just like Nikki said earlier, you know, what do you like? What kind of things are you interested in trying today? What are you in the mood for? Would you be interested in X? It's, it's bringing it all out into the open. Or saying to yourself, well, I know I really want to have an orgasm. I brought my vibrator with me. How about I use it on myself first, and then why don't we do this next? It's, it's about getting out there, and you know, how does that sound to you? Getting that feedback. And that form of open communication is really its scary the first time you do it. And so it can be really good, actually, to practice with friends or with uh, a trusted coach, right, if you're new to this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, yeah, like that is really the, the secret. And I have a resource uh, out there. Nikki, I can share the link with you so you can pop it in the show notes. It's, Ooh, a, okay. it's the ultimate guide to how to talk about sex before sex. And it's basically a oh, primer nice. on exactly this kind of conversation. So it's also really great and helpful to talk about things like sexual health and also also about um, emotional safety and emotional needs and to talk about um, you know, anything that's a, a definite no-go and then the things that you definitely are up for trying. Uh, I won't go into detail about this now because it's such a rich topic, but I'm really happy to provide that resource to your listeners, Nikki, so that they can go through it and figure out how to have their own safer sex talk. That opens the door for experimentation and play.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I'd I'd love to share that. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Okay. Um, How... We haven't kind of covered um, anything additional on how you started with casual sex. So,
1: in terms of like very practical uh, steps to take, so once you know that you're interested in finding casual sex partners, and once you've spent a little bit of time thinking about what that means for you, what you actually want to experience, you know, and do you want a a friend with benefits or do you want a hookup partner or do you want a one-night stand? You know, you need to know that first. So that's step one to getting started. And step two, my main recommendation for anybody who's interested in casual sex or hookups is to use online dating because I think many people, when they think about getting a, a hookup or some casual sex, they think, oh, you know, you go to the bar and you pick somebody up and then you go home with them. And I'm going to recommend against that. I'm actually going to totally recommend that if you're going to do casual sex and hookups, be 100% sober uh, when you're yes. doing this and mm-hmm. ask that of any potential partners. And if somebody is not willing to be sober with you, um, just then say, you know, no thanks, best of luck. And I can talk more about that later. but. Um, the beauty of online dating is that you know that everybody who's on an online dating platform is interested in dating. Whereas if you go to a bar, that's, that's so general. There could be so many reasons somebody's at a bar. And with online dating, you have an opportunity to set up your profile to make it clear <coughs> the types of relationships or encounters you're interested in. And just be mindful about the platform that you pick. So, for example, Match.com and Hinge are not great places for hookups because that's not at all the the audience there. Like, I tend to recommend Bumble is wonderful. OkCupid is wonderful. Tinder's, well, Tinder's Tinder. So, everybody's there, (laughs) which means everybody's there. So... And people on Tinder don't read. So that's really hard for some people, especially the people that are my clients, is they they want to be communicating more with you know, written words, and that doesn't play as well on, on Tinder. But my point being is step one, have an idea of what you want to the point where you're able to communicate that outward. And then step two, get started with online dating. Is that the only place that you can find casual sex or hookup partners? No. However, it's going to be the most straightforward.
0: Right. Well, and likely not as much rejection if you do your work beforehand on the online dating site, I would think. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's still plenty of chances for rejection. So you, you know, you'll still yeah. make the ask. And someone might say, oh, no, that's that's not for me. But that's, you know, I, I would say.
0: I, I'm just thinking, but if, if, but if you just go to the grocery store and start asking random people, <laughs> you've sort of, you got a whole lot more chance of no. <laughs> so.
1: Well, yeah, and also, like, of potentially having them, you know, Go say to management, Lucky. hey, there's some person running around the cereal <laughs> aisle asking <laughs> if we want to come home with him or her.
0: You right. Know. <laughs> so, so, when you consider that option, or Walmart, or, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I got you to laugh.
1: <laughs> oh, I know. In my head, Nikki, I'm keeping it together. I'm imagining somebody like Lucky Charms and Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so inside, I'm cracking up, but I'm trying to keep it together here on the outside.
0: Oh, gracious! I haven't got to pick on you in ages. I had to, had to make up for lost time. Oh, thanks. Okay. You. <laughs> okay. Now you also have. I, we got to talk about this this new thing that you got. A desire audit. I love this idea. Tell us about your desire audits.
1: Yes, so desire audits are one-off, standalone sessions that help you get crystal clear on your desires for dating. And that could include casual sex and hookups, right? So a lot but of wait, people... Let me, let, me
0: let me ask a question. Sure. So this is instead of just saying, I'm tired of being alone, I'm just going to kind of half-ass it and just start going out with people with no idea what I want. right. Wow. What an idea. I love this. Okay. I'll, I'll be quiet. Go ahead.
1: Well, yeah, it's because so many people, when when they first show up at my, when they first darken my doorstep, right, they might say, <laughs> I want a girlfriend or I want a boyfriend. And my first question is, why? <laughs> and oh. so many people look at me and they go, well, duh. Oh, and I'm um, like, well, no. You tell me. Tell me more. Because the more you dig into it, the more you become clear about what you actually want, the easier Mm -hmm. it is to find people who want to experience the same things. And this session, a desire audit, takes you from that abstract realm of, I don't want to be alone, or I just want to be able to be myself, or I want a girlfriend, to really concrete understanding of what it is that you want. And this is the first step. So I mentioned before, if you want to get started with casual sex, understanding what you want is step one. And so if this has lit things up for you today, please book one of these sessions. I would be delighted to help you get
0: crystal clear. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, see, I I often say on here that it's really hard to find the person you want if you don't know what you want. Yep. Right? Yep. Like like if you want the perfect outfit for a special event, but you don't know what outfit you want, you can't find it, <laughs> you know. It, you just if if you go to the store and you say okay I need the perfect outfit but you don't even know what color you want it's hard to find it you're gonna spend hours aimlessly wandering around until something maybe catches your eye but if you go in and you say you know I know that I look really good in say burgundy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And with my hair color, that would look really nice, and with my eyes and, and my date is wearing blah blah blah, and this would this would be a really good idea, and I've got a certain you know shawl that I want to wear with it, and this is what I want. That helps. that really, really helps. But if you have no clue, you're just not going to find anything, probably. or right and or in you that...
1: just buy something and
0: it won't be right.
1: In that metaphor, you need a stylist. I'm your stylist. Ha. There
0: you go. There you go. And, and you know, last couple weeks ago on the show, you know what we talked about? Styling properly for a date. Oh, what about that
1: serendipity? And
0: I didn't, didn't even plan that. I just that just kind of popped into my head. <laughs> Interesting, interesting. See, I I love how these things just kind of work together sometimes. All right. So, so now, if if a person just to go back to our, our hook up topic, if a person is looking for a long term relationship, do mm-hmm. they start with hookups and casual sex if that's their ultimate goal?
1: I mean, they can. I would caution against going to any given hookup or casual encounter with the idea that maybe I can turn this into a longer relationship because unless you're saying that to your partner, to your casual partner, and where they understand it and are potentially open to the same thing too, then that's being a little bit dishonest, which is totally goes against the whole ethos that we've been talking about here. At the same time, if you say to yourself, hey, like, you know, right now I really want to mainly do hookup and casual sex, and if one of these turned into something more than that, hey, that's great. And if not, that's also totally fine. It's really okay to have that attitude. You can come with an openness. There's a, that's the difference between coming with an openness to a possibility versus coming with an expectation
0: very good that's that's what I was going for okay I mean it, it there there's a slim chance it could happen, but if you come with that expectation and and that intent and you're not being honest about it, that's a totally different thing so that's that's what I want to get to now <clears throat> I know the answer to this question because we've talked before. do hookups ever turn into longer relationships? They absolutely can
1: do. <laughs> you know, sometimes people meet to hook up and then are interested in meeting to hook up again. And then somebody becomes interested in having a relationship. And then, you know, that courage, right, that bravery keeps coming up. So so does it ever happen? Yeah, absolutely. What do those relationships tend to have in common? Somebody or generally both people have to be extremely brave, because as you notice your desires changing, as you notice, hey, actually, I want to keep seeing this person, or hey, actually, mm-hmm. I'm interested in like, having an exclusive relationship with this person, you have to then go, all right, deep breath, I'm going to talk to them about it. Because they very right. well may say, like, hey, I hear that, I understand that, I'm not interested in that, so that can mean right. the end, right? It can be... It can it can feel really high stakes because in a way it sort of is because you're taking that risk and being vulnerable. So to that extent, right. sometimes you know the relationships that grow out of hookups are pretty great because you have to be brave. But yeah, that's what I would say to that.
0: All right, Nikki, All right, how can we need to talk about yeah. safety? Oh, God. we're almost out of time too. Okay, safety. Safety. So
1: I'll give my top tips, and I'll be relatively quick with it. Um, Meet up for the first time in a public place. Even if you're wanting to meet up just the once and to have a one-night stand, I would recommend picking a coffee shop that's either near to your house or their house, so near to the venue, and get an agreement ahead of time that you'll spend half an hour to 45 minutes talking, getting to know each other, and if either one of you decides, yeah, I'm not interested, no hard feelings, you go your separate ways, it's only if you are both are feeling, yep, this is good, I want to go ahead, that you would proceed to the next step at a venue. But always, always, always meet for the first time in a public place. Uh, Another great litmus test. So if you're with someone and... You've, you've got a pretty good feeling, but you're wanting, you know, another way to check. You could say to them, okay, I've got a question. So imagine we're back at my place, and, you know, we're in the middle of making out, and then all of a sudden I say to you, hey, you know what, I'm not really into this anymore. Tell me what you would do next. So what's great about that is, by asking someone to explain how you can really get a sense for how their mind works. And it's a much trickier question to then, than just, you know, do you, do you believe consent is important? And they'll just go, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. of course it is. But if you give that real example and then say to me, like, just walk me through step-by-step step what you would do next and then really listen to what they say, and really listen to what your gut says as you listen. That's one of the the best, one of my favorite questions to ask on one of those lightning dates before: a hookup. Oh, mm, I like that. OK. It's good. It's also a really good idea to let a close friend know that, "Hey, I'm going to be hooking up, you know, tonight with somebody. I'm just going to check in with you before I go and when I get back. So there's somebody who knows what you're up to. And okay. Yeah, it's also the other thing that really helps a lot with safety is to like talk about a lot of this stuff. Like it's front loading, right? Checking right. things up front. So this whole you know agreeing to meet in a public place, putting the time boundary around it making the agreement ahead of time that if either of us aren't into it, we're going to go our separate ways. All of those things help to cultivate safety, and they give you more opportunities for your intuition to go off and for the other person to show red flags if they're going to. So is any of this 100% foolproof? No. So as with all relating or any dating, right, there's never you know, 100% um, no risk involved. That said, there is a lot you can do. Oh, and um, I mentioned this before, but it's actually a total safety thing too. Be sober, insist that your date is sober. And that's another thing is if if your potential partner says, no, you know, I need to have a glass of wine or no, I want to be drinking uh, to just say, hey, you know, you do you, that's not for me, take care. And it's really interesting too, it's how much that will also elicit strong responses, just like women approaching men for a hookup. Same thing with people kind of regardless of gender. If you say, you know, and for me, this only works if there's no drugs or alcohol involved. It'll get some people to show their hands as well. And it's great. If they show them in advance to you, you just say, hey, you know, take care. Have a good one. But those are some of my top
0: safety tips. I like them. Very, very good. All right. You know, a list of those to go on my site would be nice, too, just in. and. <laughs> so. All right.
1: All right. I hear you, Nikki. I hear you. Yeah,
0: I like those. All right. All right. Well, we, we are officially out of time. All right, and I will have all of your contact information on the show page also, so it was great having you back. You were going It was a real distance.
1: pleasure, Nikki. This is always so much fun whenever we get to spend a little time together and talk about sex and pleasure.
0: Ah, uh, yeah such awesome topics <laughs> so we'll have we'll have to come up with another one so i didn't didn't have an inspiration during the show, but we'll have to come up with something. so
1: I'm sure we can
0: we will. All right, the show replay and all of the information and the link to the um, information that she told you about will be on www.lovecoachjourney.com slash casual sex. So it was great having you with me. And listeners, I'll be with you next time on Ready for Love Radio.